You're listening to Hey Bitches Podcast, episode 106. Hey bitches, what is up you guys? It's your girl Carly. Welcome back to Hey Bitches Podcast. Hope you guys are having an incredible day today. We are sitting down for an episode that is, you know, very near and dear to me and something that I have been, you know, learning and going through and all of that that I'm sure a lot of you guys are also learning and going through because a lot of you guys are only a couple years older and a couple years younger than me, give or take. And uh, this is something that I think I have really experienced with a lot of my friends or just even acquaintances about conversations they're having and things that I'm hearing and things that I'm also seeing online. And today's episode is about how to stop thinking like you're a failure in your 20s. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right. First thing is motherfucking first, okay? Our 20s are the time of doing all the things, all the things. So I'm saying literally take the risks, book the flights, shoot your shot at the person that you don't even think is in your league, fall in love, fall out of love. Do literally all of the things because we are so young and we do not have the same responsibilities as we will when we're older. And I know like hearing that a lot of people are like, okay, duh, like they're saying travel and do all this stuff, but like I'm feeling all this societal pressure, which I totally get. And I will actually get into more, but I just want to reiterate the fact that, you know, 20 years of life in comparison to the fact that we are having now, like, it's not unsurprising for people to reach and surpass a hundred years of life is minuscule in the, in your whole overall life trajectory, 20 years. You've only walked this earth for 20 ish years. You know what I mean? If you are, you know, for easy math, if the average life expectancy is going up to like a hundred years, you have 80 years left. 80 years is a long ass time. Okay. And your twenties are literally the time to do whatever the fuck that you want to do. And it's funny because I feel like sometimes I'm almost even hypocritical of that because we'll kind of get into this, but for me, like I was really lucky that I kind of knew what I wanted to do and I'm experienced success young in my twenties. So I can sit here And I'm like, yeah, like I figured out my life. I'm like doing stuff I love right now, which I think a lot of people aspire to do. But at the same time, that doesn't have to be everyone. Not everybody has to have it fucking figured out. Honestly, I think I'm kind of figured it out by luck. Obviously not like 100% luck because I put a lot of hard work into where I am now. However, it's just the way that my life was set up until this point, it just happened to work out and I just kept rolling with it. And now I'm experiencing this success and I love it. But, you know, my story is actually pretty unique in comparison to all of the other people who are, you know, in and around my age. And I say this because I just want to solidify the idea that, you know, your 20s are the time to figure things the fuck out. Like, do all of of the things. Like I said, like, shoot that shot, take that risk, book those flights. Obviously, like, we have it's COVID, but you know what I mean? This is like a general overarching thing that if you're listening to this after the pandemic, then (laughs) it's still, it's still applicable. But I honestly think that a lot of people are scared to take the risks in their twenties. And it's funny because we have conversations with our parents or people who are older than us, who are more established. And they're like, fuck, like, I really wish I wouldn't have taken my twenties as seriously because you know, whatever we have rent to pay. We'll always have rent to pay. You know, like our friends, they might be in relationships, but 
are they, do they have like kids yet? I mean, some of them do, but like a large amount of them don't where we can be like, yo, let's go on this trip to this place. And most of the time people are down. Our biggest worry at that point is like, does our like shitty, basically minimum wage job pay us enough to like save up to go on this trip? Like that is one of our biggest worries in our twenties. And honestly, in the grand scale of life, like that's genuinely minuscule. And I I say this to solidify the point that literally our 20s are the time to do all the things. And also, like I mentioned earlier too, like barely anyone actually knows what they want to do in their life in their 20s. And that's completely okay. And I know I shared this already about how, you know, I feel like I have a unique story and I'm obviously thriving at 24 and I have this great life that I love that I've built for myself. However, like it doesn't need to be like that. You don't need to feel like you have to go 18, fresh out of high school, get a degree and then get a job like all at the same time. For me, like personally, I took a gap year between high school and university. I didn't go to school for a year. I just like worked and hung out and all of that. I went to school for two and a half years. I dropped out for like nine months and then I came back and then I finished my degree. And honestly, I don't regret any of that because all of the time that I took off and in between and all of that kind of helped me to understand more of what I wanted in my life versus following, you know, the traditional trajectory timeline that Honestly, like, I feel like when I talk to other people that I know in their 20s, like the whole high school, university, like then get a job is not even our desired traditional trajectory. It's literally like thrust upon us by our parents and society, which is honestly sucks because we don't get to really find out what we like and love and be happy. I'm happy that I was able to do that, but I'm speaking generally here because like I said, like it's kind of an anomaly of, of my situation, but taking that time off and just like, living more or less was very beneficial. I didn't know it at the the time, you know, I didn't know that that would be so beneficial, like looking back, but looking back, I'm glad that I did it that way. And I really would have it no other way. I'm 24 years old. I literally graduated university last year at 23 when most people go like 18, 19, 20. I don't know. They graduate when they're what, like 20, 21. That's crazy. Like I graduated two years after that, which is not even a bad thing too. I think that, um, mature students are actually where it's motherfucking at because you already kind of have your life together. Like you're not just like flailing in university trying to figure it the fuck out, but that's, that's a discussion for a different day. But, um, the whole point is that, you know, barely anyone actually knows what they're doing <laughs> with their whole entire life, their whole entire life. They don't know what the fuck they're doing in their twenties. And it's totally okay. The next thing I want to talk about is the fact that we are not our past. And when I say our past, I mean, obviously our own individual past, but I more so kind of mean it as an overarching societal theme. And I mean this in the way that yes, our parents bought houses and got degrees and had babies and all of this by the age of like 26 or some shit, 25. But is that really like a path that you want to be on? Is that your path that you want to follow? If that's your path that you want to follow, then that's great. I have a lot of like people that I went to high school with that are, you know, married now and buying houses together and like probably will have kids in the next like year. Like I honestly think it, it as soon as the midway point of 2021 hits, I'll see a lot of like we're pregnant announcements from these couples who are married and have houses, which is totally fine. But I honestly feel like a lot of that thinking of, you know, we 
have to like get married and then have a child. And like, we also have these degrees and this family and all of this, like a lot of that thinking is quickly becoming outdated and undesirable. And I think there's so many studies also too, about how millennials will like never own homes really. And like the whole rent versus buy argument. I had a whole conversation with my other friends from the long and hard podcast who are also real estate agents and brokers. So if you're you're interested in millennial home buying, there is an episode for you. But in that, we briefly discussed about how a lot of millennials literally will not even purchase homes. And that is such a, a, a different dichotomy situation of how we even look at our parents. Like our parents are probably just like me, for example, like I'm born in 96. So I am the cusp of millennial and Gen Z. And the thing is, too, is that my mom is probably like the cusp of Boomer and whatever the the one before it is. And, you know, even even them, like they don't necessarily like I mean, they own houses and all that kind of stuff. But I've been seeing even just more and more of my friends, parents, probably not recently, but like a couple of years, maybe like five to seven years ago, kind of doing whatever the fuck they want. Like I've, I've seen people get divorced and like move to other places and like start new families and like all of this. And it's so interesting because you can even tell that they are starting to kind of push back with the whole, you know, normative society timeline. And I feel like I'm like, <laughs> I feel like this is like not a conversation or like language that you really hear me use on the podcast. And I don't want to be like spitting out. Like, I don't want to be sitting here like trying to spew like this is like societal norms and we need to challenge them. But I, I honestly think like that really is how it is. Like the times have changed so much and so quickly. And that has a lot to do with like advancement of technology and all of that. And I feel like it's just opened doors to so many other ways of thinking besides a traditional way of thinking, which is like, you know, the, we need to get married and have kids and like own a house and like do all these things. And, you know, specifically on the topic of kids, I had this, this, uh, whole episode with my friend Alicia about getting married and being happy and not having children because society tells you, you need to have children. And this is something that I was struggling with because I honestly, from a a young age kind of knew I didn't want kids. However, when I was in like serious relationships, like when I was engaged, I obviously was having these conversations, but my heart was never in it because I knew I just didn't necessarily want to have children. This is what I mean is times have really changed so much that we no longer really have to adhere to the the traditional timeline. And I also want to say like, this is also, this boils down to other things besides like technical, technological innovation and like all of that. This boils down to things like, you know, like up until 1975, like a woman couldn't even open her own bank account. And like, you know, there, there are the historical aspects of it that do play a part in how the world was back then with our grandparents versus how the world is now. And I don't think that we should discount that like that. We've, we've come a long way. We definitely have more options. There is more innovation and light and all of this being shed on issues. Like, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast often is diversity issues and also to like the whole situation with sexism and the rise of feminism and stuff like that. There's been so many advances in those types of things that I think it's almost becoming more more normal 
to not do what our parents did or not do what our grandparents did because we have more of like an autonomous way of thinking. Like we really, we're really, I feel like the generation right now where we're doing what we want because we want to do it and not because somebody else is telling us to. And I might just be talking about this because my my friend group and my personal circle is very much so like that. I'm sure there are still places where a lot of people who don't want to follow this like normative situation get like shunned. I'm honestly in my head, I'm thinking of like a lot of the traditionally very religious Southern states. Um, I think a lot of the norms of, of being successful and like having a kid and like a life in a house at like, you know, in your early twenties stems from religion. And this is not me saying that I'm like anti-religion because I actually am religious, but this is me just like making a valid point (laughs) is that a lot of that stems from, you know, religion and control and like men versus women and all of that. And like I said too, this is not me being like, I'm so pro-feminist or I'm so pro-church or I'm so anti-church or like whatever. Cause that's just really the facts. <laughs> that's the facts and the facts. And I think that, you know, as we continue to grow and, and grow up, we really will see kind of like the, the dissipation of needing to feel this way and be this way in our twenties. You know, and like I said, on the other hand, if you want to do that, that's totally fine. Like you can, you can get married and have children and like do whatever, like fucking 22 years old. It really doesn't affect me. But I also, you know, I really wanted to do this podcast and just have this kind of open brain dump discussion conversation with you guys, because I, I have seen so many of you guys on social media, on Twitter, like in my DMs really struggle with not knowing what you want to do in your life and thinking you're a failure at the right motherfucking age of 20 years old. And it's just like, we're so young, you know, that's, that's the first, the first point that I was making here. (laughs) We're, we're so young. And so something that I kind of want to circle back to is that it's not wrong to enjoy all of your 20s without wanting to get married or fall in love or have children. But on the note of love, something that I also wanted to say, this is something I've seen a lot of people struggle with, is that you don't have to find your life partner in your 20s. Now you hear me saying this. I feel like this is something that I really have ease preaching. This is it's really easy for me to sit down and be like, hey, listen, you don't need to find the love of your life at 20 years old. And also, too, at 20 years old, like, are they the love of your life? Like, have you explored? Have you like checked out other people? Like, you know, I I feel like it's easy for me to sit here and, you know, preach that. However, this isn't necessarily something that I do well in practice. So after spending years of my teens and early 20s in in really committed relationships. I've shared this on the podcast before. Like my first relationship was two years. My next was four. My next was two. And so that carried me from like 16 to like 22 or something like that. 20, I think I was 22. No, maybe I was 21. 16 to 21, whatever it was, 16 to 22. That whole time I was in committed relationships. Like I had partners that whole time. Now I wasn't necessarily seeking out these committed relationships. It's just how it happened to happen. Like I didn't have, I feel like when you're in high school, like you hear a lot of talk about how, you know, people start dating and they date for like three months and you're like, oh, it's just high school relationships. I didn't have that. I had relationships where like we were together for years, which is honestly kind of an, an anomaly as well, being at like 16 in a relationship for like two years. And so for, you know, the better part of my teens and my early twenties, like I was in relationships and now I'm realizing kind of now more than ever that I kind of want to start a journey of just enjoying people for who they are in my own journey and not everything has to be a big 
committed thing. And so I wanted to share this with you because I think that a lot of people struggle with this also. A lot of people, I think, see their high school sweethearts or whatever, or other people finding this love and getting married and buying these houses and having these children. They're like, fuck, like these people like are my age, like, and I'm not even you know, I don't even have anybody interested in me, which is something that like I am going through right now, like on top of the dating detox, which you guys, like if you listen to that episode, I shared a lot of very deep and like very almost dark details about how I'm feeling kind of around that. So if you're interested, I would encourage you to go listen to that. However, you know, I get the the sentiment or kind of the the longing of wanting to have that because also at the same time, I don't think like the pursuit of partnership necessarily is a bad thing. And there will be a whole episode coming out about how I think like when people say love yourself first is honestly fucking bullshit and we need to stop that. But the, the sparks notes of that is that there's nothing wrong with a pursuit of partnership. Like there's nothing wrong to go out and want a partnership. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. If you're doing it out of a place of like, genuinely pursuing a partner versus like trying to fill a hole in your life. That's when that's different. But when you are like fine and you're pursuing like partnership in your life, there is literally nothing wrong with that. Now I say this because, you know, on the flip side, I think that for the rest of my 20s and probably into my early 30s, I'm going to really be exploring the the whole, I guess the phrase is like people are in your life for a season or a reason. And you know, I feel like I have to get more comfortable with people being in my life for seasons. I think because, like I said, for the earlier parts of my teens and my 20s, I was in committed relationships. My only like understanding really of relationships has been long term. I've never been in relationships where, you know, we date, like we're dating, like we are in a like a relationship, even committed, like we're in a committed relationship, but we don't work out after like three months. I've never had that kind of thing. And I think that that is honestly different. And it's funny because I think a lot of the people that I know are kind of the opposite. Like they've only been in the short-term relationships and they haven't been in long-term relationships. And I'm honestly the opposite. And I think it's hindered me in a way because I don't, like I'm not as transient in relationships and I, you know, look for like giant commitment in other people. And, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing. Sometimes it's not necessarily a bad thing, but to hone in on the point in relationship to this episode is that, like I said, like not everyone has to be a big giant committed part of your life in in your 20s, probably even up until your early 30s. I'm just telling you guys, you know, like I said, this is easy for me to preach, but I don't do well in practice is that, you know, I feel like in your 20s, you really need to start enjoying people for who they are and where they are in your journey. That doesn't mean maybe your paths won't cross again. Maybe they won't at all. And that's like the whole reason they were there is just for the season and not for an overarching reason. But I think that a a big way to stop feeling like you're a failure in your 20s when it comes to love is really to just take the pressure off of having to feel like you need to meet your soulmate by 25 and you guys need to date for a year and then you need to get engaged so you can get married at 30. So then like, you know what I mean? And I understand it. Like, I feel like a lot of people have this argument too. They're like, oh, I want to get married young and engaged young and all of this so I can like enjoy this life and then I can have babies at this like prime time. But I'm pretty sure like the prime time of actually having children is like 18 or something like that. Is it not? Like, I don't know because I this is not a topic I extensively study. But I think a lot of people get get, they fall into that trap of, 
I need to get, I need to meet someone and marry them and like buy a house and then so I can have kids because their, their biggest thing is they want kids. And, you know, I get it too. Like I'm not discounting science and saying like it's easier like when you're older to have kids because it's not. But like when I say older, like, I don't know, that's like, it's, it's like up there older in comparison to how you are right now in your twenties. Like you can still have children in like your forties and fifties. Like you can, is it, you know, a little bit more dangerous probably overall? Yes, but it's not impossible. And so I think that, you know, a lot of people are, are rushing it because we're also kind of like fear mongered in that way where there's like ads or this underlying just like knowledge, I guess, that we have that we aren't necessarily even ever taught, but that like women need to have children young because they can't have children when they're older, which is actually just not true. And I think that that narrative does push people in their 20s a little bit more towards that committed relationship and that commitment type of thing versus being more transient and being more exploratory in their 20s to kind of find out what they like, what they don't like and all of that. And this is something that, you know, this is something that I see a lot of the time in the pattern of divorces is that people will get married young and do all these things. And then, you know, even in breakups too, like breakups of very committed people, it's because they haven't taken the time to like explore. And I think that your twenties are your perfect time to explore. So to hone back in on the point is that, you know, a big way, like I said, to stop thinking like you're a failure in your twenties, just because you don't have a committed partner or a soulmate or like a, a ring on your finger is to meet people where they are in their lives because even though you might be ready or think you might be ready, other people aren't. And that just comes with age and time and experience. And I'm here to tell you, just in case you need to hear it again, is you don't need to fall in love and find your soulmate at 25. I can promise you that. Next up, I also want to say that not everything happens in your 20s. Okay, like we don't need to be the people who like work our asses to the motherfucking bone to make 100K a year by 25. Like we don't need to grind or hustle to like be a millionaire by 30. Like if you want to do that, it's cool. That's fine. If that's a goal you want to work to, it is what it is, what it is. However, I'm more so speaking to the people who see other people do this, who preach about this, which I honestly like kind of hate. Honestly, I hate that whole grind and hustle culture because it's it's really like thieving your your happiness in your younger years because you're so committed to something that you don't have to do right now like you just you just genuinely don't have to there's so many people who hop back and forth in careers and companies and all of that and they're still in their 30s like your life doesn't end when you turn 30. <laughs> like it, it, that's just not how it works. And you know, you, you don't have to do everything in your twenties and you don't have to straight out of university, get this job and like work overtime and like exhaust yourself and like neglect spending time with your family and like your friends and all of that, because you're in like hustle or grind mode to like make this amount of money or be this type of person. Cause you don't need to. I remember I was hooking up with this guy and you might be like, Carly, <laughs> How is this applicable? I remember I was hooking up with this guy and he was working in the trades. And, uh, you know, we had talked, he was older than me. I think I was 22 at the time and he was 27. And we were talking about like life and all of that. And I was young where right? I was 22, literally like two years away from being 20. Like I was young as fuck and he was 27. So he was probably experiencing a lot of the things that I'm talking about right now. And we were talking about, you know, his job and if he sees a future in his job and like all of that. And it's funny because he seemed so chill about it. 
and me still young. Like I still felt like I had all this pressure to like be this bitch. And, uh, we had this conversation. He was like, you know what, Carly, do you know like the average career span of someone like in their certain industry or whatever? I was like, I have no fucking idea. Like, I don't know, like 25 years. And he was like, no, it's seven years. I was like, seven, seven years. Like you're lying to me. And you know, I, maybe I'm misremembering that figure, but it was not that high. Like it was definitely like 10 or lower. I was like, wait, what? And he like went into this whole thing and he was like, you know what? I'm working in this thing right now and I'm feeling this way. And like, I like my job and all of this, but it also is almost reassuring to me to know that the average career cycle is seven years before someone like moves on to a different place or like maybe tries out a new job or does something different because that makes me feel like I'm less, you know, locked in to this for the rest of my life. And I was like, that's so interesting because this guy liked his job. Like he did, like he enjoyed his job. He didn't like, I never really heard him complain about it. Like I heard him complain about the people that worked there, but not his actual job and what he did. And I was like, this was so interesting to me because this put a lot of perspective on it. And I compare and contrast this all of the time because for me, my mom has had the same job for 30 years, has worked in this, like the exact same, like she's done the same thing for 30 years. And it's so crazy. Cause like, I don't think I ever could do that. I'm already out here thinking like, yeah, cool. I have my influencer job and I love that, but I can't wait to like almost go on to my next stage of life when I like apply to law school and I like go into this new this new bitch energy. And so I wanted to share that with you guys because that is such a cool concept to me that the average career or like chosen career span is seven years. And then people like get restless and they change things. And I, I also wanted to say that too, because you know, you could be 30 and then your average career span is seven years. Then you're 37 starting over again, you know? And I think that just like goes to show that you don't have to have it all figured out at such a young age because shit is constantly changing. Everything is very transient and everything is, you know, not black and white and not the same way that it used to be. It's not concrete. It's not like that. And that's because too, like we spoke about earlier, there's so much innovation and there's so much technology and just like cool things that are going on and like new jobs that are being called like literally like even when I first started seven years ago like yeah bloggers and stuff like were you know around but they weren't what it was today and this say this I feel like this goes the same thing with like stem science technology what is it ease engineering mathematics um same with same thing with stem like that is a whole industry that's been revolutionized by social media and technological advances and all of that and that's a, a, a new, I guess, industry that is really ramping up. They'll probably have a long run. Like people with STEM jobs will probably have STEM jobs for like a while. But I'm kind of also equating this to like oil and gas, for example, because the place where I live is very oil and gas heavy. When I was young, oil and gas was bumping. Like the, the price for gas was all these oil workers were making so much money and like buying all these houses and everything was great. Oil has since tanked. People have not had jobs like it. You know, there's a lot of animosity around that whole thing. But, you know, it's it's interesting seeing that because it's kind of like that with every industry. Like there's some industries that are always riding high and then they crash. And then there's some industries that maybe are crashing that are about to resurge. And, you know, having the flexibility, like I said, of like a career change basically every, every seven years on average, like you can constantly be enjoying what you do and innovating your life and taking that risk because, you know, you're not married to it for the same 30 years that our parents are. And like my mom is, you know, so to kind of bring that back to the point is that, you know, not everything happens in your 20s and not everything has to happen in your 20s. Like you don't have to 
you know, like I said, my favorite examples, you don't have to be a millionaire by 30 and you don't have to like grind and hustle until you can't anymore because it just, you just don't have to just enjoy your motherfucking life. And on that note, I also want to say that I'm sure you guys have heard this a million times, but comparison is the thief of motherfucking joy. And I feel like that is such an underlying tone of this whole episode because there are people, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There are people who are doing better than us. It's fine. There's people who have found success young. There's people who've probably found success younger than you right now. And that is also fine. Comparison is the thief of joy because you don't want to sit here and you don't want to be like, oh, like, Maybe if I would have if I would have started earlier, or maybe if I would have made this choice instead of that choice, and I would have been in this position. And like I said, like we are so young. If the average life expectancy is is a hundred years, we have eighty more years left to go. Like that is so much time for you to continue doing the things you love, or continue like on the path of of the thing that you're doing that you want to see the results on. Like you don't. It didn't have to happen for you at eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Maybe it'll happen to you at like 43, 44, 45. It does not matter because your timeline is not the same as anybody else's timeline. And comparing or comparing, comparing your life to someone else's life is the thief of joy. And I also want to say in this light, comparing your lows or the time where you are not necessarily hitting all the things that you want to do to someone else's highs when they are on the best of the best, they're making the money, they have the eyeballs, they have all of that. Comparing those those two things are literally pointless because you are comparing someone at their top peak to like your lowest low. They will never compare to each other. I mean, if you really want to, you compare your top peak to theirs, but like at the end of the day, like I said, we are all different people on different paths. And maybe your timing doesn't need to be right now. Maybe it's later in life. And I think that that is another big lesson that we need to learn is that, like I said, not everything happens in your 20s, but if you do just keep enjoying it and you just keep living your life, I'm sure the incredible things will come into your life. We just don't have to make it all happen right now. Also, another like thought that popped into my head about that is like, how boring would the rest of our lives be if everything did happen right now? Like, what if you got it all now? Like you made your million dollars, you have your XYZ amount of houses, you fell in love, you did all these things. Theoretically, I'm sure it sounds great to have all this in your 20s and live out the rest of your 80 years, like not having to worry about money and like stuff like that and like being with the love of your life, but like 80 years to just chill. Like, I'm sure it sounds appealing in theory because everything sounds better in theory, but 80 years to just like do fuck all because you already did it all is also just as depressing, I think. Because why would you would have nothing that you would want to work on that brought you joy in any type of way, you know? So that is just like another complete side note effect before I I move on to the last point here is that being in your 20s is kind of like being in the beginning stage of long-term investing. And I guess these do actually kind of go together. I didn't mean it to go like this, but the what I just said in this do go together, but being in your 20s is like being in the beginning stages of long-term investing. Okay, this is for my tech people, or not my tech people, my finance people, which I'm clearly not. <laughs> but look at it this way, okay? You are, you're the RRSP of your own life, or you're your IRA if you're from the US. You're the RRSP 
that only, you know, maybe has a couple thousand dollars in it right now. It's not really gaining like a lot of interest. It's getting a little bit, but it's not like, you know, crazy interest. That's because right now you're not risk sensitive. Like you're, you're down to try new things. You're down to maybe invest in things that are more volatile in a stock sense. I'm trying to make this relatable for like all the whole, like the, the Bitcoin and the whatever the fuck else was happening with like the Robin Hood Twitter drama. I'm hope I'm hoping it's working, (laughs) but you know, you're not risk sensitive. You're more willing to invest in the stocks that are more volatile. They don't have a consistent neutral return. They can maybe one day make you $300. One day you might lose like all the money in your portfolio because all of the stocks crashed. I mean, that's highly unlikely, but you know what I mean? This is an analogy. When you're young, you know, you're, you're not risk sensitive. You have some great highs where you make a lot of money on your stocks. You have some lows where you lose some dollars over the years, but in the long term, time is on your side. And this, you know, this is me literally comparing you to compounding interest, but life is is the compound, you know? If you're young and you're doing things that you love and and time continues and you're still doing things that you love, you're compounding interest over the years. You know what I mean? Right now, you really have nothing to lose. Maybe, you know, likening you to back to the RSP, maybe there's a couple thousand dollars in there. And maybe that equates to something, you know, like actual money, like because we don't have a lot of it in our 20s or, you know, time or experiences. You know, we are less risk sensitive. So like we are almost we spend that money a little bit easier because we don't have all of the other responsibilities of things like a mortgage or children or anything else that we have to pay because we can make those mistakes and take those risks and do whatever at a young age. Now, also too, like within this example, risk isn't necessarily always a bad thing because you could take the risk. You could have $500 in your bank account. Your friends could be like, yo, we want to go on this trip. Like all in all, it's going to be $400 and you're like, cool. Well, that means I'll have $100 left in my bank account. You may go on the trip. It might be the best trip of your life. It might be life changing. It might be an incredible trip. Something might happen to you and it might literally shape the rest of your life. You might find your fucking soulmate. Who the fuck knows? Like it's a risk. You know what I mean? And that's risk positive. On the other hand, you know, maybe you go and you're super fucking broke and unhappy and you shouldn't have spent the money and like you feel bad about it and you get back and like maybe you're agitated and you're having fights with your friends and all of that. It's a negative risk. It's the neg. It's the downside of risk, I should say. Either way, it's a risk. And when you're so young, it's so much easier to have a gamble of a life because you do not have so many things stacking up against you and all around you that makes you feel like you have more to lose than that $500 in your bank account. I really hope that analogy like made sense. I don't know why I chose finance and stocks as, as the choice of the analogy, because I am not good at either of those things, but I hope that makes sense because compounding interest really, if you also took nothing away from this, it's that compounding interest is a beautiful thing. Okay. Open a retirement plan, put some money in it. Compounding interest. When you're so young, time is on your side. Okay. This is my unprofessional finance advice. I don't have a finance degree. This is just like Carly's lessons of life. 
Okay, that is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to screenshot this episode and share it over on Instagram and tag me at Hey Bitches Podcast. I would absolutely love to chat shit with you guys in the DMs about today's episode. Before you go, make sure to subscribe to Hey Bitches wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are an Apple Podcast listener, make sure to give the show a five-star rating and review. It really does help me out and I would really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible day. And for now, bye-bye, bitch.